Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I've been battling Shannon Sharp for six years now on FS1, and I still more than ever love to argue sports. Here we go. This is the Skip Bayless Show. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reading and responding to your questions. If you'd like to have a question featured, remember to tweet at Skip Bayless Show on Twitter or leave your question with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to ask me whatever you want about what goes on behind the scenes at Undisputed, my personal life, or anything in the world of sports. My answers will always be candid, be honest, and be unfiltered. Thanks for listening to The Skip Bayless Show. Enjoy the episode. So let's start with Liam from Cleveland. Who do you think will be LeBron's presenter into the Hall of Fame? Would you do it? Me? Present LeBron? Ha ha. You know, there are about... 8 billion people on this planet right now, living on this planet right now. And of those 8 billion, I would be the very last that LeBron would ask to present him into the Hall of Fame. Maybe if there was another pandemic that got so bad it turned into a plague, maybe there, if there were an apocalypse and LeBron and I were the last two standing, maybe then... He'd say, yeah, you, you could present me into the Hall of Fame. It'll just be the two of us there. But my odds on this would be about 8 billion to 1. After all, remember what I've told you before, it was LeBron James up 2 to 1 in his first year with what were called the Heatles in Miami, up 2 to 1 in the NBA Finals in 2011. Went back to his hotel room, made a list of people that he wanted to tell, I told you so. I was number one on that list. So back to planet Earth, back to reality. Here's the weird twist about LeBron's career. He's never had that one coach in his life, dating back to really high school, you know, that one pillar of wisdom and inspiration that he always harked back on as, that was the man who made me. He's just not had him. I love Paul Silas, but he wasn't that to LeBron as his first NBA coach, then Mike Brown, then it was Young Spolster in Miami, then it was David Blatt, 
LeBron got him fired, obviously. Then it was Ty Lue who gave way to Larry Drew a little bit. And then, of course, it was Luke Walton who gave way to Frank Vogel with the Lakers. Maybe Ty Lue, but not sure about that. Obviously, they pulled off that three-to-one comeback together in 2016. Ty, obviously, highly respected around basketball. But I'm, I'm not sure it would be Ty Lue. Not sure they were ever that close. Could be wrong, but not sure about that, which leads me to the conclusion on that. It's LeBron, I don't even mean this as a negative. He, he's basically uncoachable. He never really needed a coach. He coaches himself, He even under Ty Lue. He would put himself in the game, take himself out of the game whenever he felt like it. That was his call. So never never looked up to that one father figure coach, which leads me to my conclusion here. I just think his presenter would have to be his one big brother figure that he never had, a real big brother, obviously, his closest friend in the world, as far as I can tell, and that's Dwayne Wade. I think Dwayne would present him because LeBron knows that D. Wade taught him how to win championships. And now, of course, that I have suggested Dwayne Wade, I'm sure LeBron will now go in a completely different direction when it does come to pass that he is presented into the Hall of Fame. And by the way, just one quick question before I go to your next question. Whatever happened to LeBron James? I, I don't know what happened. I saw him the other day in a commercial. He was sitting on his couch munching ruffles. Maybe that's what he does now. He munches ruffles. Cheddar or sour cream? I, I don't know. I don't eat ruffles, but we miss you, King. And I do put quotes around King. Next question. This is from Darren from Miami, Florida. Would you have drafted LeBron with the first overall pick in the 2003 draft, or would it have been Dwayne Wade? That's a tricky question because Dwayne Wade went fifth overall that year. Dwayne, to me, was by far the better shorter-term choice. Shorter-term. LeBron, obviously, the better longer-term pick. But remember, the problem with Dwayne was he had a horrible surgery, knee surgery, when he was at Marquette that plagued him the rest of his career and obviously all through his NBA career. He was damaged goods from day one in the NBA. And it really was only the first eight years that he played that he was Dwayne Wade, as in Wade County, as in you Heat fans know what I'm talking about. That eighth season was actually his first season in Miami with LeBron. That was really the end of Dwayne as we knew and loved him. The truth was, my friend Tim Grover helped keep Dwayne afloat. Tim, the trainer of Michael Jordan, Kobe, as I mentioned earlier. And yet, Dwayne was never really into taking care of himself quite the way LeBron has been into taking care of himself. But I, I don't think LeBron would have been LeBron without Dwayne, without his his guidance, without his sheer presence in those 
few years in Miami they were together. Dwayne was the leader of those Heat teams. Much greater leader to me than LeBron has ever been able to be because LeBron's a solo act. Dwayne was a team act. And Dwayne was so much more clutch than LeBron. He, he showed LeBron how to be so much calmer, how to be so much more settled under fire. He showed him the ropes about how to win championships. But even in 2011, 2012, many of the biggest shots were hit by D. Wade, not by LeBron. But as you know, LeBron's about to go into his 20th season in professional basketball, and he's going to, I'm not going to wood for LeBron with his health, but he's going to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record next season at some point. He's going to break so many longevity records before he's finished. So in the big picture, because of Dwayne's damaged knee, because he was damaged goods and didn't last nearly as long as LeBron, I, I would still have to go back to taking Iron Man LeBron with that first overall pick. But it's a tricky question, it's a good question, and it's close. Next question. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS162 or MS170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Marty from Bentonville, Arkansas. Do you ever get, during commercial breaks, texts on Undisputed from friends or sources that are responding to what you said on air? Now, that is an intriguing question. Yes, I do. I often hear from my brother, and he is my brother, Lil Wayne, often. But it's usually when he's angry with me, flat out mad at me over something I've said about Aaron Rodgers and his Packers. And then all of a sudden he goes psycho to me. And I look at the text and I think, where did this come from? Who is this? He, he's writing to me like I'm somebody else on TV and not a very close friend of his. He's writing to me like I'm that talking head on his big screen TV. Instead of me, it's wait, Wayne, it's me. I, I'm that guy. And he's blasting me like I'm I'm some figure on television that he despises at that moment because I said something wrong about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how you could say much right about Aaron Rodgers of late, but that's Wayne. And I'll get them periodically along with occasionally a text from him about a player he represents or a player he knows very well, some inside info or background information 
that will be invaluable to me going forward through the rest of the show on air. I do occasionally hear from ex-players I've known, coaches, agents, executives. Sometimes they just want to take issue with what I just said. And I glance and go on those because I don't even want to let them seep into my psyche while I'm on air. Sometimes they agree and sometimes they pass along some info that I choose to use or not use. And I just barely touch it and go because I don't have that much time because I'm, I'm prepping. I'm going over my notes, obviously, for the next debate with Shannon. So I don't have that much time. But something did happen here recently, the day after the NFL draft. If you watch closely, you might know what I'm about to say, but I had just gone off on my Dallas Cowboys live on Undisputed and what we call our B block, our second topic of the day. It's actually two and three. I think it was number two that we did the Cowboys. And I had criticized the Cowboys first round selection, 24th overall of Tyler Smith out of Tulsa because I feared they had taken the wrong Tyler because Tyler Lindenbaum out of Iowa went next. And I'm just fearful that he's going to be a perennial Pro Bowl center. Another Travis Frederick that the Cowboys no longer have. And Jerry Jones had sat right there and let Jermaine Johnson fall right through his lap and passed him to two picks down. The Jets traded up to snag him. Jermaine Johnson was the ACC player of the year. He's a stud pass rusher. And I'm thinking, Jerry, are you sure he's not going to be a perennial pro bowler? And yet, after I finished, I checked my phone and I got a text from a Tulsa assistant. I know I would have texted him earlier, but I was afraid he wouldn't be up yet. And if I thought it was some emergency text, I didn't want to wake him up because it wasn't that big a deal to me. But he texted to me, no, 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 you're missing the boat and the point about Tyler Smith. He's a monster, said the text. He's got a nasty streak, and he is wildly athletic at about six feet six, said the assistant, and 330 pounds. He even gave me the inside info that he had thought about transferring to Alabama and that Alabama had come up with some NIL money to, to help entice him to come to Alabama. Well, that was a that's a pretty strong point very positively for me, where I'm saying, okay, maybe I missed the boat here a little bit. The assistant goes on to say against the best teams they played, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, and Cincinnati, again at Tulsa, that Tyler Smith dominated. So later in the show, I I went with it on the air. I know he could just be protecting his own, this assistant, but I thought it was credible enough because I've known him long enough that I went with it on the air and I sure hope that coach is right. But all I know for sure is that my Dallas Cowboys led the NFL in penalties. My Dallas Cowboys set a playoff franchise record for penalties in their playoff loss to San Francisco. And at Number 24 in the first round, they drafted Tyler Smith, who led all of college football in penalties with 16. That, to me, in the end, is a Saturday Night Live skit. That's what that is. Last question from Ollie from Sarasota, Florida. Okay, I'll buy. Why do you think you're known as the godfather of debate? 
Some people do call me that. I'll tell you why. I first engaged in what I'd call sort of polite, gentlemanly debate. Back in my days on a show called The Sports Reporters on ESPN on Sunday mornings. My first year was 1989, but it wasn't really debate. It was more discussion, discourse than all-out debate. It was more pontification, what, what I would call pipe-smoking discussion. The truth was, a lot of the journalists I came up with, most of them white, they looked down upon, they thought it was beneath the dignity of a journalist to raise his voice on television. It was ungentlemanly to raise your voice on television, but I didn't care because I loved that. That was me. That was I. That's how I like to operate. I, I like to do what I'd done my whole life with my friends, argue about sports. I felt like I was good at it. So here I went, my next evolution on a show called Prime Monday. This started in 93 and went until 97-ish. Monday night, head of Monday Night Football. Uh, this was on ESPN. My sparring partners were the great Michael Wilbon and the great Mitch Album, And we had some times together, but it was live and it was scripted, quote unquote, debate. And it was very short. The segments were excruciatingly short for me. And you couldn't really go at it. until 2002 happened and I began to do a segment on Sunday morning sports center on ESPN called old school, new school with my dear friend, Stephen A. Smith. And it just started happening that I like to push Stephen A's buttons. As he likes to say, he is my brother from another mother and he would let me push his buttons because I like to push. And then he liked to pull. And we started to do battle on live, old school, new school, every Sunday morning, starting in 2002 on ESPN. I think it shook up a lot of people at ESPN, but it rated like crazy because it was fun. It was funny. And I loved it. And it was why I got hired in 2004 to be a regular on cold pizza every single weekday morning out of New York City. Mark Shapiro ran the network at that point. He wanted that debate component with me and then Woody Page on cold pizza. And we went at it. And all of a sudden, cold pizza started to rate. And it was the one New York show that got saved and moved up to the mothership up in Bristol, Connecticut, and rebranded as First Take. 2011. The great Jamie Horowitz, my producer and my close friend, blew up what was left of cold pizza and turned first take into all debate for two solid hours. And a bunch of people at the mothership said this will fail hugely. This could be career records for Jamie Horowitz and Skip Bayless. And record ratings ensued in 2011. Stephen A. joined me as my full-time debate partner in 2012. And the rest is 
ESPN2 history. I've been battling Shannon Sharp for six years now on FS1, and I still more than ever love to argue sports. I always did. I live for this. I love hard. I fight harder for the players and teams that I love. And I just, in the end, I just love to fight on live TV. It makes me happy. It makes me happy to win. I am psycho competitive, as Shannon Sharp, I think, will attest. So in the end, I guess it did all start with me and my psychoness that I was the one journalist who said, yeah, I'll raise my voice on TV. I'll yell and scream if I have to, and I'll win every single debate. Hence, I guess you could say, godfather of debate. Here we go.